Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. We are so glad you are joining us today. Here at Skyline, our mission is to engage people to the gospel, connect them to Christ, and empower them to serve. For more information, visit our website at skyline.church. We hope today's message helps you feel engaged, connected, and empowered. So today we're going to continue, uh, and as we continue in, we're going to be looking at this time where Jesus was himself dedicated, and we're going to look at some really important aspects of that, of that time. Uh, Christmas is a, is a time of anticipation. It's a time of anticipating something special. We anticipate time with family. Uh, we anticipate favorite meals, caroling, Christmas cookies. We anticipate Worship nights, which, I mean, if you were here for our worship nights last week, it was phenomenal. Uh, We anticipate celebrating Jesus. Am I missing anything? Ask your children. Of course, we anticipate presents, uh, lots of presents for our kids. Now, uh, what would your kids do? Let me ask you this. What would your kids do if you didn't let them open their gifts tomorrow morning? Revolt, right, perhaps, my kids have been asking to, to get a present every day for like the past two weeks. Like, are they wrapped yet? And I made the mistake of telling them they were wrapped. And now they're like, can we open one? Like, not yet. Okay, not yet. And so what would they do if you said, you can't open them today? If you just told them that they were, they were coming, but they're, they're not here yet. They might wait, but for how long would they wait? And how long would they be patient? Eventually, they'd probably give up hope. They'd grow frustrated and disappointed. They would storm to the room. They'd cry a bit. They would lose hope that the presents would ever show up. Christmas, Advent, remembering the first coming of Christ, was a time of anticipation. Here now, today, we are awaiting the second coming of Christ. It's a time of anticipation. But in these times of anticipation, Do you ever grow tired of waiting? Do you ever grow tired of waiting? Are you ever have these moments where you're like, Jesus, why haven't you come back already? (laughs) Jesus, you should have come by now. If you would have came earlier, this wouldn't have occurred. Jesus, what's taking so long? Maybe perhaps in a moment you wonder, is he ever going to come? Maybe he's not coming and I should just do my own thing. Today's text from the Bible speaks to how we can address this time of waiting, this time of anticipation, and it reminds us of a couple important things, and that's what our message series through Advent has been about this year. It reminds us that God always keeps his promises and that God's providence makes sure that it is so. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22. Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. If not, you can follow along on the screens. Starting in verse 22, it says, And when the time come for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, that's Jesus, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This was this dedication ceremony, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice... To what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young 
pigeons. And so Mary and Joseph now, they're bringing Jesus up to be dedicated. They're faithfully fulfilling their duties as good Jews by following the laws, the traditions uh, led and started by Moses. And so they bring Jesus to be dedicated. They were being faithful in that. Now verse 25, it says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was, he was righteous and he was devout And this man was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, they had been waiting for hundreds of years. It had been 400 years of radio silence when it comes to hearing from a prophet speaking on behalf of the Lord. And so the people of Israel were wondering, is the Messiah ever going to come? And in this time of waiting, the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon, you will see the Messiah. You're going to see Christ before you die. And so this man who we have here, we learned just a few things about him. What do we learn about Simeon? This is all we know about the guy. We know he was old. We know he was righteous, he was devout, he was patient because he was waiting, and we know that the Holy Spirit had spoke to him. So we know five things about Simeon. But then I have questions. I have questions like, why did the Holy Spirit reveal to him that he would not die before he saw the Christ? Why was this revealed to him? When was this revealed to him? How long had he been waiting for this to be fulfilled? How long had he been anticipating seeing the Christ? Like these are all questions we have and these are all questions that we don't have answers to. All we know about Simeon is this. He's old, he's righteous, he's devout, he's patient, and he had heard from the Holy Spirit. Can I just, I take a, this is not like a Christmas emphasis point, but let me tell you this today. If all people know about you at the end of your life is that you're old, righteous, devout, that you're patient, and that the Holy Spirit is with you, if those are the only things that people know about you, I want to tell you you're doing all right. You've lived a life well. If those are the only things written in the history books about you, if that's the only thing in your obituary, it's the only thing that people say at your funeral, if that is the only thing that you pass on to the next generation in your family, then you have done well. Because those are the most important things in this life. And they signify that you lived your life well, and it signifies that you lived your life pleasing to God. He was old, righteous, devout, patient, and he listened to the Holy Spirit. Maybe so with us. It goes on in verse 27. It says, and when he came in the spirit, this is Simeon, when he came into the spirit, he came in the spirit, led by the spirit, into the temple, and when his parents, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the glory to your people Israel. 
And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed him. And he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed. Let me stop there. Simeon, he walks into the temple, right? He's led by the Holy Spirit. And he grabs this baby. I'm going to say, I, I don't have any babies anymore. My, my youngest is three. But when I had babies, if, you, if some strange man walked up and grabbed my baby, he better be led by the Holy Spirit, right? Because, like, that's, you know, as, as parents, you got babies, especially in the world we live in now. Like, let's just, maybe just don't touch babies that you don't know, right? Like, maybe just keep your hands off babies that are, that are not yours. Uh, so he comes in here, he, <clears throat> he grabs this baby, not just any baby, he grabs Jesus, and he picks him up, and he, he begins to prophesy, he begins to speak some things over Jesus' life. What does he say? He declares to them who this child would become. In verse 30, he says uh, that he will bring salvation. Jesus' name, if we remember what uh, with the angel when he spoke to Joseph, said his, his name's going to be Jesus, which means the Lord saves. Jesus saves. He says that Jesus would redeem his people from their sins, not just Israel, not just one people, but all people, that Jesus would redeem them from his sins, that Jesus would be the Savior. See, all people have a sin problem, every single one of us here. All people need to be redeemed and bought back, and that's what Jesus did. He, he redeems us. He brings us back to God, and Jesus came to do that. He bought us back. He brought us back. He pays the price, and so we often say, Jesus saves, right? Jesus saves. Jesus saves becomes kind of a cliche, though. It becomes a catchy phrase, and Jesus saves isn't just a cliche or a catchy phrase. It's his name, it's his purpose, and it's why we can have hope today. Jesus is his name, right? Jesus is his name. Saving is his purpose. And the fact that Jesus saves is why you and I, we can walk around in, in light of everything that's happening in our world, in our society, maybe in our own lives, what's happening. We can walk around with hope because we know this world isn't the end, because we know we're not going to have to face the consequences of our sin, because we know that we can be saved through Christ. Jesus saves. That's our only hope. Now, when Simeon saw Jesus, he knew, I could depart this life in peace because he had seen the one who would bring salvation. That promise that the Holy Spirit made to Simeon, you're gonna see Jesus before you die, that promise had been fulfilled. And so Simeon says, now that this promise has been fulfilled, now that I have seen, I have laid eyes on the one who brings salvation, he says, I can depart this life in peace. I think that's another good lesson for us from the life of Simeon. Once you know the one who brings salvation, you can depart this life in peace. Now, I'm not just talking about knowing the name of Jesus. I'm talking about knowing him in this biblical sense of knowing who Jesus is, believing in who Jesus is. Like knowing him not just as a historical figure or a maybe for you a mythological figure, but knowing Jesus as a historical figure in divine, knowing him as God and man, knowing him as your Messiah, the Savior, the one who gives you hope, knowing him, really, once you know Jesus like that, once you know the one who has brought you salvation, then you can depart this life and peace. Now, 
I might want to go see some places. I might want to go do some things. I want to share some experiences. I want to grow old and raise my grandkids. I want to do some work. I want to enjoy life. But the truth is, if you truly know Jesus Christ, the one who brings salvation, that at any point after that, you can depart this life in peace. Verse 33. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This child, he says, is appointed for the rise and fall of many. What is Simeon hinting at here? He's hinting at this idea that that there's no neutral ground when it comes to Jesus. You will either rise or fall depending on what you believe about him. There's no neutral ground. You're going to either accept him or reject him. You're going to rise or you're going to fall. The arrogant, the unrepentant, the unbelievers in Jesus Christ, they they will fall. But the humble, the repentant, the believers will, will rise, not on their own good merits, but on their belief in Jesus Christ. Those that humble themselves, recognizing, hey, I need a Savior, Those who repent of their sins saying, hey, I I know I was living that way, but I'm not going to live that way no more. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will rise. I think it's always a good time for us to evaluate our position on that. Yes, we're celebrating Christmas, but we can't really celebrate the birth of Christ if he's not our Savior. If we don't believe that he came to save us, then what are we really celebrating but just another birth? What's your position? Are rising based on your relationship with Jesus or falling based on your rejection of the Lord Jesus? He says one more thing to Mary, which is really a very harsh truth. He says, a sword will pierce through your own soul. He's he's telling Mary, you're going to experience personal grief because your son is the Savior. If we fast forward to the crucifixion and to the cross and we imagine how any, any parent, but especially you know, how any mom would feel seeing their son rejected and brutally murdered, I don't know how you describe that except it would be like a, a sword through the soul. Luke 2, 36 We read about another character here at this dedication. Her name was Anna. It says, there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who was the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So like Simeon, we only know a few things about Anna. We know that she was old, she was widowed. We know that she was married seven years and then her husband died and she never remarried again. We know that she was a prophetess and that she worshiped day and night. 
She worshiped constantly. So in this text, we have four characters, four main characters besides Jesus, of course, who's the main one. We have Mary and Joseph. We have Simeon and Anna. And what do we know, what's in common with all of these characters that we have in this passage of Scripture? I think the big truth that we see is that each one of these four, they were all faithful to God. They were faithful through the thick, through the thin, through the ups, through the downs, through the times of anticipation and waiting. They were faithful. So let's go back to where we started today. Do you ever feel tired of waiting? Why doesn't Jesus come back already? Shouldn't he have come by now? What's taking so long? Is he ever going to come? The Jews had been waiting a long, 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 long time. Over 400 years since the last prophet spoke, it was radio silence. It was easy for many people among those generations that had passed through to lose hope, to give up hope that this Messiah would ever really come. Many in Israel were unfaithful. They lost their way because it had been so long. Their impatience got the best of them, and they lost hope. But in the midst of all the doubt that was happening, in the midst of all the people who are losing hope and they're going their own way, we find Simeon and Anna just being faithful to the Lord. Not making a name for themselves except they're old, devout, and faithful to the Lord. They were a part of a a small, faithful remnant in Israel which stayed faithful. They had hope for the Messiah to come even when everybody else had given up. They were full. They were full of faith. Have you ever been told you were full of something? Don't tell me what. Uh, Malarkey, I'm sure, is what you were thinking. Uh, I do want to, I'm going to do a quick character study on, on these people. Let me tell you what they're full of, okay, real quick. What are these people full of? What are these seasoned saints full of, and how can that guide us in our time of anticipation and waiting? I think, number one, they were full of wisdom. The Holy Spirit revealed things to them that others didn't know or simply couldn't understand. They prepared themselves to listen to the Holy Spirit by being devoted to the Lord. If you devote yourself to the Lord, you will find wisdom in your connection to the Lord. You'll find wisdom in your reliance on the Lord. You'll find that the Holy Spirit guides and directs you in ways that maybe some people can't understand. They were full of wisdom. They were also full of praise. We read about them, what does it say? They're old. They're still praising. They're old and they're still praising. In fact, they're praising even more. Like you didn't have to beg these guys. You didn't have to beg Simeon and Anna to come to church. Like they were showing up. They'd open the doors. They might, it sounds like Anna never left, right? She was just always there. Age should not stop us from worship. Young, old, all right? We're all, wherever you are right now, man, you're you're the perfect age to worship. They were full of praise and they focused on that. They, they remembered, they believed who God was, and they gave him glory and praise for that. May we do the same. They were full of wisdom, they were full of praise, and lastly, they were full of hope. How were they full of hope? How did they remain so hopeful? Well, they were devout. They sought after the Lord. 
and they worshiped. How, how would we say we are in those, in those categories? <clears throat> how devout would you describe yourself as being? How much would you say, I, I really seek the Lord? How often would you say, I, I worship other than an opportunity at church? They were devout, they sought the Lord, they worshiped, and the Holy Spirit, it says, was with them. How did they not lose hope? I'm going to tell you how they didn't lose hope. Here's the secret to not losing hope. They never lost hope because they never lost sight of the Lord. That They kept him in their vision the whole time. They never lost hope because they never lost sight of the Lord's place in their lives. So often we lose hope because we lose sight of the Lord. We get focused on everything else and we lose hope. Go back to with Jesus and Peter in the boat. What happened to Peter? Jesus walking on water. Peter says, if it's really you, tell me to come out. Jesus says, come on then. Peter comes out and he's walking on water and then he starts to sink. Why does he start to sink? Because he lost sight of the world, the Lord. He started looking at the waves. He starts looking at all, everything else. It distracts him from the Lord. He, he loses hope. He starts to sink. The, the key here in that example in our life is simple. We got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We got to continue to seek after him. Because being faithful goes hand in hand with staying hopeful. There's a correlation and a connection between them. Being faithful, staying hopeful, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. You see, when you're busy staying faithful, it's easier to stay hopeful. But when you've lost your faith, it's real easy to lose your hope. Seeing the promises of Jesus fulfilled, it takes patience. Staying patient, it takes hope. If you're going to be good at being patient, you've got to have hope that things are going to be different. You've got to have hope for something that you're living in anticipation of. You have hope when you stay faithful and you find Jesus by staying faithful. The key to seeing the promises of God revealed and fulfilled is staying faithful. We look, it's painted through all, throughout the, the Jesus birth narrative that if you want to see the promises of Jesus fulfilled, you got to stay faithful. We see the shepherds, they faithfully followed the advice of this angel chorus that met them in the fields. The wise men faithfully followed the star. Mary and Joseph faithfully followed the angelic messages they received. Simeon and Anna, they faithfully waited for the promised one and guess what each one of these people they saw the promise of Jesus first coming fulfilled why did they see it why did they get to be a part of it because they were faithful the world will tell you not to be faithful the world will tell you to, to give up maybe not even try and that's because the world the enemy they don't have your best interest that mind. They love the status quo. They love keeping things as they are. They love this idea that if you just follow your heart, everything will be swell. They love all that steals, kills, and destroys. But I want to tell you something today. That's not the hope, the will, the desire of God our Father, Christ our Savior, or the Holy Spirit our Counselor. In John 10.10, 10, 
it says that Jesus came to give life and to give it more abundantly. In Romans 8, 28, it says that God will work all things out for good for those who love the Lord. We receive these promises. We see these promises fulfilled in our life by staying faithful. And so may we use this Christmas season, this reminder of God's love for us and the birth of this this child. May we use this as a a jumping off point, a, a point of motivation, something to help reinvigorate our desire to live righteous, devout, patient lives that we rely on the Lord throughout. May we continue to be faithful. And we'll receive the promises the Lord has made us by being faithful. The second coming of Christ, the second advent of Christ, will happen just like the first. It'll happen in God's timing, not in ours. When will it happen? Only the Lord knows. But while we wait in anticipation, I just want to encourage you to stay faithful. To stay faithful. To continue to seek after God. To continue to pursue Him daily. To continue to put Him in His proper place in your life. Because if you keep your eyes where they ought to be, then you'll receive the promises the Lord has made. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us today, God, to pause in the holiday season and the busyness of all that's going on and just focus on you. Remind us of your love for us, demonstrated that you sent your son to save us. Lord, lead us to repentance. Lord, grant us the ability to remain faithful. And even when we fall short, Lord, remind us of your grace. God, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ, the Messiah who came once, the King who will return again. Father, when he returns, may he find us being faithful. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to take a second to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with the newest messages from Skyline Church. If you'd like to explore more resources or donate to any of our missions, please visit our website at skyline.church. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review. Not only does it help us stay connected to you, but also helps others find this podcast. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.